before we read that and, and talk about the message there, I just I have a couple of things I feel like I just want to address, you know, where we are in our nation. And one of the things I think God has called us to, to be as as the children of God, as believers. Um, and so I want to share a couple of scriptures. Um, once I let Shane get back up in the booth, I'll wait for him. <laughs> Shane's doing it all today. So thank you, Shane, for being the man. Shane is the man. So, you know, as... You know, this is a crazy week um, for our nation. And then, I mean, we already knew it was crazy, right? We had two people that were going to be elected that I don't know that any of us really wanted. Um, and, and But one of them had to win, right? I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I kept praying for another option, but uh, it, it seemed like that was going to be what happened. So if either one of them won, you know, a whole large group of people in our nation were going to be very upset because it's a very... Uh, bitterly opposed election and you know it's just really surfaced what's already going on in our nation our nation didn't suddenly become divided it just came to the surface hey there's division there's not unity in our country right now and it goes beyond political parties you know political parties to me is Maybe a necessary evil. I don't know. Maybe they're not even necessary. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, there's there's good people. Uh, I'm not saying there's not good people. There's absolutely some good godly people that are serving uh, our nation. There's things going on behind the scenes that uh, we don't know about where God's at work. And so be encouraged in that. Um, but, you know, just, just all the stuff that's going on. And we can get ourselves where we're all worked up. We're all excited. We're... We're starting to get pick a side and get get in our battle positions, right? And you know, I was thinking, you know, that's just that's just not what we're called to be. And I, I feel like the scripture that God would say to us is Matthew five nine. It's already up there. You've probably been guessing what I'm going to say. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons or the children of God. You know, it's one thing to be a peacekeeper. You know what a peacekeeper does? You just try to keep everybody happy. You just try not to rock the boat. But a, a peacemaker is somebody that goes into the situation, that works hard, that does the tough stuff, that loves when it's hard to love, that corrects when it's hard to correct, that encourages when it's hard to encourage, that uh, comforts when it looks like, you know, I should do something else. And so peace is created. And you know what? As people of peace, man, we've got, we need some peace right now. We need some peace, and so that God's answer to peace is you. You are the answer. You're the peacemaker. Who's a, children, who's a child of God in here? If you're a child of God, you're a peacemaker. You are one who's called to make peace. And so if you find yourself, if you're stirring up things, you're working with the enemy right now because he wants stirred up. He wants no peace. He wants division. He wants strife. He wants uncertainty he wants confusion and so we are called to be the peacemakers jesus says hey my peace i'm giving to you i'm not going to take it away it's a peace that's powerful it's a peace that calms storms 
Can you imagine that with you yourself as a child of God, as a, as a person who has the presence of God dwelling in you, that you can walk into a situation where there's two sides? You're not there to take a side. You're there to make peace. So I encourage you, look for a way to be a peacemaker. You know, if we all do it all across our nation, there'll begin to be change. If we all continue to choose sides and point our finger at the other side and say, they're the problem, then we're going to keep pointing our fingers and looking at each other and saying, they're the problem. Because that's what everybody thinks on each side of whatever side there is right now. Uh, They're the problem. And so Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to be peace and be thankful. And so, I mean, there's a real battle for peace right now. And so I encourage you, let the peace of God, let the peace of Jesus Christ sit on the throne of your heart. You know, if, it, if you're not at peace right now, then that means the peace of Christ is not sitting on the throne of your heart. You know, there's a throne in your heart that rules your emotions, that rules your thoughts, that inside of you, your spiritual being. And so when the peace of Christ is ruling, it affects your thoughts, it affects your actions, it affects how, you're, how you react to a situation. Let the peace of Christ rule. And the other scripture I have is this, is Romans 12 and 20, 21 says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We need to be doing good right now. I can't overcome evil with evil. Hate cannot drive out hate, as Martin Luther King Jr. would say. Only love can. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can. So I have to overcome evil with good. It doesn't make sense because we're trained to like, hey, I need to, I need to fight back. Who are we supposed to be fighting right now? Who are we supposed to be fighting? The enemy, the spiritual forces that are at work, though, that's, that is the, where the battle is. That's who we're fighting right now. And so make sure that if you're, if you're mad at another human being right now, you're mad at the wrong person. That's not where the battle is. The battle is in the heavenly realms. And so if you want to get mad at someone, get mad at the devil. <laughs> you can get mad at him. I give you permission. Okay, I give you permission to oppose him. I give you permission to speak against him. I give you permission to hate him and stand against everything that he's doing. But we do that with what? Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes, you know, I know some of you are are not that into social media, but those of us that are young, I will say everybody under 45. <laughs> so just an inside joke, me and Lisa. She is older than me, by the way. Um, and so, <clears throat> but, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of online interaction. And so sometimes it's hard to exercise that self-control when you find yourself on social media, Facebook or Twitter or, you know, other forms that, you know, you, you, you get on there and you lose your mind, right? You just suddenly, you're like, oh, I can't do that. I mean, ah, 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 ah. Or if nothing else, you just got the ah, ah, going on inside you. You're looking at ah, 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 
Or you watch the news. For those of you that aren't in social media, you just watch the news. I can't comment on it, but I'm commenting right here in my spirit, in my emotions, in my energy. And I'm drained, I'm tired because I'm fighting the wrong battle. So if you find yourself with a... You know what that is? <laughs> and so <laughs> that's not the peace of, peace of Christ, just FYI, okay? Let, let, it'd be good, maybe quote that scripture. No, I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. I'm a, I am a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Man, be praying for peacemakers all over our nation to be raised up. That's what we need. You know, it doesn't matter if they're the president or not, whoever they are. There's people that God has placed in the right Right in the, in the right position, in the right place, in the right relationships to speak and release peace. Then it's, it's through the Holy Spirit. So, message one is over. So that's my encouragement to you as a pastor in the season we, we find ourselves in. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? There could be all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. But... I will encourage you again. We had lots of stuff in the 60s. I wasn't born, but I've read about it and seen videos of it. Uh, You know, there's all kinds of craziness going on, especially with the young people. What changed that in our country, as a reminder, was a move of God, a revival among the young people. That's what needs to happen in our nation as well. We need the Holy Spirit revival to come and bring change. So be praying for that. Be praying for the peacemakers. Be praying for God to get a hold of those leaders among, that will speak to the young generation and see a radical change for Jesus. Second, or 1 Samuel 4. I don't know why I want it to be 2 Samuel 4, apparently, for some reason. 1 Samuel 4. Uh, I want to switch gears here. As I was praying, um, I had a couple different directions to go. And so we're going to go in the direction I think is from the Lord. And we've been talking about the presence of God. We've been talking about carrying the presence of God in our hearts and our homes. If you missed my wife's message last week, I encourage you to get it online. Or if you need a hard copy, we can get it for you. Uh, You know, she talked about, you know, Using the revelation that God gives us, responding to the revelation that we have from heaven. And, you know, if we see something that doesn't look like heaven, we have to know what heaven's like in order to release, to bind on earth what, we bind, what has already been bound in heaven, and loose on earth what's already been loosed in heaven. In other words, I need to know what heaven's like. If something's around me that doesn't look like heaven, I say, you know what? I'm the one called to release. I am the gateway of heaven to release that, that power and that, that peace, whatever is needed in that situation. And so thinking about the presence of God, and um, you know, I want us to go to this, this story. If, if you aren't aware, let me tell you first, in the Old Testament, they had something called the Ark of the Covenant. And that was... Uh, it was set up to where that could be the place where the presence of God was dwelt. So it was representative of the presence of God. And ultimately, when, when the temple was all built and the, and the tabernacle, you know, that, that thing was supposed to stay in the Holy of Holies. And the high priest only went in there once a year to make atonement for sin. And, you know, but the Ark of the Covenant, was, it was the representation. Hey, this is, this is where God's presence is. And so that being said, let's look at this, look at this account. This is in the... Uh, this is before the kings uh, of Israel, and so there's a lot of confusion among the people of God. There's, it's basically, think of it as like a bunch of tribes, and they're trying to take land together, and they, they haven't quite been uh, united together yet. And it says this, Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines, and the Israelites camped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines at Aphek. 
Verse 2, the Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel, and as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord bring defeat upon us today before the Philistines? And so they said this, Let us bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from Shiloh, so that it may go with us and save us, from the hand of our enemies. So they're like, hey, let's go get the ark. The ark's going to be awesome. It says, so verse 5, when the ark of the Lord's covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the, the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. And they said, a God has come into the camp. They said, we're in trouble. Nothing like this has happened before. So they're, they're, all, they're all jazzed, you know. They, they're excited. And they're, they're stoked. And you're thinking as you're reading this story, if you don't know what's going to happen... We know what's going to happen, right? They're just going to go in there and they're going to be victorious. They're going to just, it's going to be amazing. And what happens in verse 8? And then they say, oh, they weren't done talking. I interrupted them. Sorry. The Philistines are saying, woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck down the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the desert. You know, God brought his people out and the word had spread. Hey, this is a powerful God. This is, this, you know, he's, he's, he's going to stand against his, his enemies. And so, verse 9, be strong, Philistines, be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. So be men and fight. Verse 10, so the Philistines and the Israelites were defeated. So the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated. And every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. Uh, Verse 11, I didn't put on there, I don't think. The ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, he was the priest, Hophni and Phinehas, died. And so it's like the, the whole story takes a turn for what what just happened here? What is going on? And you know, we can you imagine this? You're the people of God, you say, here's what we need. We need God to come down and lead us into battle. So we're going to go get the Ark of the Covenant. Here's the presence of God. This is where the presence of God dwells. And they are all excited. I mean, the worship service was incredible that that day. They brought in the Ark and the people went nuts. It was so loud. Their worship and praise and shouting and celebration was so loud. It says they heard them in the other camp. It says the ground was shaken. And the other guys are like, we're in trouble. And then all of a sudden, it's just like one verse. And so they fought, and then the Israelites were defeated, and then the ark got captured. And that was it. <laughs> you know, as I, as I look at this, and there's, there's, one, there's one thing that was going on in this time, too, that we have to understand about the context of what was going on among God's people. And that's found in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 1. And it says this. This is Samuel, who was you remember, was dedicated to the Lord, and so he's serving in the temple as, even as a young boy, and he's, you know, about to hear from God. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was a high priest, so he was in the tabernacle. He was learning, learning, the, learning the ropes there. And so in those days, listen to this, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. So here's what's going on right now. People are not hearing from God in this in this community they're not hearing from God 
And so do you notice that when they go get the ark, it doesn't say that God said get the ark. It doesn't say uh, that they prayed and sought God and he brought a revelation and said, here's the strategy for how you're to win. They just went and got the presence of God, the good luck charm. They threw out the name of Jesus. We'll just do it right now. We'll just say, in the name of Jesus. You know how sometimes we just can throw out his name and just kind of, we're just, we're just hoping it's a good luck charm. We're hoping, you know, when this was not the way that the ark was meant to be used. The ark was not supposed to be pulled out to go into battle with them at this moment. This is not what God was saying. So they were trying to take the things of God and make them work for their own personal gain, for their own personal plan, for their own personal purpose. And the reason they did that was because they were not listening to God. They could not hear the Lord. And if I could think of anything for us today as I continue to encourage us in the season we're in, is we need to hear from God. I can't just throw a little bit of Jesus onto something and hope that it's going to work out. You know, sometimes we do that. We just want to, we just want to throw out a scripture even and just use it. And it, we're not, it's not from our hearts. It's not from our relationship with God. Am I saying that throwing out scripture is, is bad and quote scripture? No. Am I saying that using the name of Jesus is bad? Am I saying that Jesus' name is not powerful? No. But it's meant to be a heart connection with me and God where I am moved by God. And in that moment, I'm speaking, I'm releasing, I am declaring the truth of God. It's not meant to be a magic formula where I go get my good luck charm and say, oh, here's my good luck charm. I'm going to throw Jesus into this. And then if I just say these words right, if I just pray this prayer, then it's going to work out for me. It doesn't work like that. We were talking at, at a pastor's meeting I had this week. And it was interesting that it was on Tuesday. We were meeting during the election. And so we, we prayed a little bit for our country and, and talked a little bit about what was going on. And... Somebody mentioned this. He said, I really don't like the song, God Bless America. And uh, so you're, some of you are all, <laughs> I just got you to do it, right? <laughs> and so you're like, what? Listen, hear it out here. And so this, this other pastor was saying, you know, you know I, don't, I don't like that song because we just sing that song and think, hey, God can just bless America. Look, God can't bless certain things. So unless America changes, God cannot bless America. We can't just throw out... It's just like we want to throw out the phrase, Hey, let's just sing this song and it's going to happen. Well, if you're not living a life that God can bless, He can't bless you. That's kind of what the Israelites were doing here. They weren't doing what God called them to do, and they just wanted to throw in a God bless America. They just wanted to throw in, a, in the name of Jesus, they just wanted to throw in some worship song. Let's bring in the ark here. We're gonna, I'm going to bring my Bible with me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help me out. And he said this, and it, was so, I mean, it really struck me, because he said, you know, you know, I really prefer the song, America the Beautiful. Because the chorus of that song says, America, America, God shed His grace on thee. That's something we can pray for right now, that God would shed His grace on our nation. Amen?
You know, we need the grace of God. We, we, need, we need His mercy. You know, we're asking... Sometimes, again, I'm not saying it's even wrong to sing God Bless America. Don't hear me out. But hear the contrast there where we're just... Oh, God, just bless, just bless, just bless. And He's like, look, you need the grace to change for us. Then when you're the America, when you're the person, when you're the family I can bless, then I will bless you. But there's certain things God cannot bless. I mean, to use an extreme example... I can pray right before I go try to rob a bank, right? Oh God, please bless me. <laughs> As I go down to community and ask, I'm really not doing that, so if you're listening on the internet, please don't turn me in. You know, oh God, you know, please, I pray for the police to not be there or be anywhere close. Let them be occupied. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Isn't it ridiculous? You're just going, what is, you know, we would never do anything like that, but... You know, that's extreme where we go, oh, no, no, no. But there's sometimes where you see, you find people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing this and I'm, God's going to be blessed. Well, He can't bless that. There are some things that God can't bless. So if you're stepping out of the will of God, you know, you can't just pray a prayer, oh, God, bless me and hope it's going to work out. It's like trying to pray for God to help you rob a bank. He ain't going to help you. You might even succeed. It doesn't mean God had anything to do with it. <laughs> you just happen to get lucky. And I mean, Do people still even rob banks? I don't know. <laughs> I've never thought of really trying. Good. You're, you appreciate that from your pastor, right? I'm not tempted either. It's not a temptation for me, okay? So, but... we. You know, we want to bring in, we just want to throw in the presence of God. We just want to throw in the name of Jesus. We want to just throw in a, God, please bless this. And God's saying, that's not how it works. That's why the Israelites were defeated. And so I need to hear from God. I need to hear from the Lord. And here's the great thing. God, God promises that His people will hear His voice. You know, it's a very, very familiar scripture. John 10, 27 says this, You know, my sheep, my sheep, listen to my voice. My sheep, listen to my voice, and they follow me. Nope, is it not in there? It's okay. That's what it says. John 10, 27. My sheep, listen to my voice, and they follow me. And so... You know, we have a, that's a promise from God that if you're His, if you belong to God, so if you've given your heart to Jesus, if His life is in you, you've asked for forgiveness for your sins, you have been born again as a child of God, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, He says, hey, look, you're going you're gonna to hear my voice. Now, it's funny, my son this week, uh, Evan, is going to, he goes to community Bible study um, at Stonegate on Thursdays after school. It's called something, Ask. And so I guess he must have watched some video on sheep. Uh, did Keegan talk about this? No, okay. They watched a video on sheep. And he just told me, I said, hey, what would you do? You know, because you always, your dad, you pick up, hey, how was it? What, what, you know, what did they talk about? What what'd you do today? Well, we had pizza. Okay, what else? Yeah. <laughs> I had three pieces of pizza. Great, that's wonderful. We're about to have dinner. Um, <laughs> so, and he said, oh, but we watched a video on sheep. The sheep are really dumb. <laughs> He said, we watched this video. <laughs> he said, there's like this, this, this gate and all these sheep are like trying to get through the gate all at once. And they're just, and he's, you know, he tried to describe it to me. I'm thinking, oh, this must have been funny to watch. It sure got his attention. But it is interesting that God calls us sheep. Because sheep need a lot of help. They need a lot of direction. 
They, they need, they need, I mean, did you know if a sheep falls over, it can't get up on its own? Like it just, it just lays there on its side and just, help. <laughs> That's it. I mean, did you know that a sheep, if it's not led to a different pasture, will continue to try to eat in the same place? Even if there's no grass there, it'll keep trying to eat. <laughs> it's really dry. This grass is really dry. It tastes like dirt, too. You know, they, they need leadership. And so sometimes we need that leadership in our lives, but God promises, He says, here's how that leadership happens. You're going to hear my voice. You're going to hear my voice. There are all kinds of things that we need to hear God about. And it's not just about how to react to the craziness in our world. You know, I need to hear God, what He's saying in my family. I need to hear God, what He's saying in relationship to my kids. How do I, how do I respond to the situation at work? How do I deal with my boss who's overbearing or how do I deal with this situation where I need wisdom to speak into these, these people's lives? How do I help somebody else understand the goodness of God? I need, I need to hear God's voice. He's promised to hear it. So we have to believe that we're going to hear God's voice. That's one of the keys is saying, look, I, I mean, we all get in those places where we just... It seems like we just can't hear God, you know, where we just are, God, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And, and we just need to, you know, we need to turn down the noise. Sometimes we just need to, number one, turn down the noise. What is the noise of your life that drowns out the voice of God? I mean, is it watching the news? You know, does the news just get you so riled up that you, you know, shut it off? You don't have to watch the news. Did you know that? You don't have to know what's going on. You know, if it's getting on Facebook and seeing what all these other people are saying and that gets you all worked up, then, hey, turn off Facebook for a while. You know, if it's hanging around certain people that you don't have to hang around with, I mean, there's some people we have to hang around with. You get that, you know, <laughs> like your coworkers, like, hey, I, I got to be here. But, you know, if you don't have to be around that person, when you, whenever you're around that person, it's just you come away just anxious or fearful or angry or just whatever you know it's not god you know that's not how the holy spirit's you know leading you to produce that fruit in your life you know you might need to stay away from that person you know what you know certain kind of music tv show whatever it is what what is the noise of your life that drowns out the voice of god we have to turn down the noise and then number 2 is we've got to turn up the volume we turn up the volume of God with the Scriptures, with worship, with prayer. I mean, we know it. It's simple. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you, you know, you pray in the Spirit. Those, those are ways to turn up the volume of God's voice. Scripture, worship, prayer, and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a good thing. It's not just a great day to eat. It's really a powerful tool that God gives us. To enter in, you know, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. In other words, we enter into something of God when we begin to give thanks. You know, we, we move from one place to another. So if you're in a place you don't need to be, try thanksgiving. Try beginning to thank God and he might lead you to the right place. You might begin to hear his voice a little bit better. When you're complaining, you can't hear God. That's noise. If all you do is complain, you're not going to hear God. Because he, he's like, I'll, you know, he's speaking, but he's like, I can't get through to you until you're done talking here. Until <laughs> you're done throwing a fit. You know, it's like, you got, any of your kids throw fits? I know yours are perfect, and only mine throw fits. 
I mean, I'm not trying to rat them out, but they do throw fits. Okay? I, it's unbelievable to me that my children would do that. Because they've got two perfect parents. And they've certainly got a perfect mother. <laughs> and it's like, where did that come from? That's... Ashley said, it didn't come from me. I still got mine. But, um, <laughs> you know, you try to talk to your kid when they're throwing a fit. Are they hearing anything? No, the only thing they hear is a, they might hear a stick. <laughs> or whatever form of discipline you use. You know, they might hear that. But, you know, and so, you know, that's why sometimes I might be throwing, maybe I'm throwing a fit spiritually and I'm like, why is God not speaking to me? He's like, I'm just going to, you know, sometimes the best thing for a fit is you just walk away and leave the kid. You, you use that tool. That's a good tool. It's like they throw a fit and you do nothing. See ya. Let's go in the other room and you can, we'll let them take care of that on their own. And uh, you're not going to control me by your behavior. I can control me. I'm in charge of me. And so, you know, sometimes God, I think, I don't think God walks away from us. I think He just says, okay, you want to throw that fit? That's fine. I love you. You're my child. I think you're amazing. You're awesome. He's probably encouraging us. But He's going to wait until we're done. Okay, are you done yet? <laughs> he's like, I got something for you now. I have something for you that you need. You need to hear this from me. And then a scripture I read last night was, was interesting. I think sometimes uh, what, what keeps us from hearing God is, is this. Exodus 6, 9 uh, is this. This is right when Moses, I was reading this to my son, and so this, this verse is really highlighted for me. And so I, there, there's, there's at least, there's several people, I'll say, there's, there's people here that need to hear this. And th- this is when Moses is trying to lead the people out of Egypt. He's going to Pharaoh, and he's tried the first time. He tried once, and it didn't work. And then... Pharaoh tells all the slaves, the people of God, you've got to do more work with less. In other words, get your own straw. And so the people come to Moses and they complain and say, Moses, you've made it worse for us. We're not, we're not freer because you're doing what God said. Maybe you didn't even hear God. And so Moses goes to God and says, God, maybe I didn't hear you. And he starts complaining. He throws his little fit. And then... God waits for him to be done, and God begins to speak to him, and God says, hey, I'm going to deliver this people. I have called you. I, I am in this. This is, this, is, this is me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to deliver my people. And so Moses goes back and says, I did hear God. Let me tell you what he said. And he tells the people. And it says, Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement or their, the, the brokenness in their hearts and their harsh labor or their, their slavery. And so sometimes in our lives, we can't hear God because there's so much brokenness in our heart and there's some bondage that He needs to free us from. And if we get free from that, and so we need, in order to hear God better, we need healing in our hearts. And so my encouragement to you today in this short time that we've, we've been in the Word today is this. Do you need to turn down the noise? Do you need to turn up the volume? Or do you need to let healing flow? Or do you need all three? We might need all three. And so I want us to close. We've had a good time in God's presence. We've heard from God. He's dealt with us. But I want, I want us all to stand here. And I, here's, here's what I, I believe. I believe right now that God wants to minister to those hearts right now that are discouraged, that are kind of broken. 
or that are in bondage. And so I, I want us to pray, but we're going to believe. And I, there are some of you that this is the case. You need to take hold of this this morning. You need to reach out to God and say, God, I need this in my heart. I, I need this right now. I need to be free to hear your voice. And there's bondage or there's discouragement. There's just things that have happened where I've been crushed inside, where I just can't hear you right now. Just like the people of Israel, it's like they couldn't hear what God was saying. And he's like, I've got freedom. I've got freedom. I've got freedom. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to do this. I love you. I have made my covenant with you. I'm committed to you. You are mine. You belong to me. But they couldn't hear because of this. And so, if that's you, just take hold of this right now as we close. As we pray, you grab hold of this right now in the Spirit. Lord, we just come before you right now. We thank you for the Word of God. And in Jesus' name, we come to you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence right now. You promise that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's liberty right now. And so we're coming against anything in our hearts that would cause us not to hear you, Lord. Those things that have crushed us, those things that have discouraged us, or those things that are trying to keep us in slavery and we are not supposed to be slaves anymore we are not slaves we have been free we are children of God and so I speak to those things in hearts right now and I say be healed broken hearts and I say to those chains around hearts you chains go from bound hearts bondage you go in the name of Jesus we believe God that your word is powerful that your words in our mouths are just like your words in your mouth so we declare freedom right now in every single heart where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty Holy Spirit be released in hearts this morning and I thank you God that each of us We'll have the volume turned up, God, that we can hear your voice even more clearly. We need to follow you, Lord. We don't need to just throw out a guess. We don't need to throw out a good luck charm. We don't need to just say, God bless this. We need to know what you're saying for us to do. Whether we're in a battle or we're in a peaceful season, whatever we're in, God, that you're going to lead us say, here's the way. Here's the way you're supposed to go. Here's the word of wisdom right now. Here's the word of encouragement right now. Here's the key to get through this situation right now. We thank you for that. Jesus, release the keys that we need to live our lives as peacemakers, Lord, as, as children of God, as people full of the love of God, as people of self-control, as people of joy, Lord, as people who bring unity and healing, Lord, not division and strife and hatred, God. We thank you, Lord, that we will make a difference as we hear your voice and walk in your power. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you close, hey, say this. I want you to declare this right now. I'm going to hear God better this week. I'm going to hear God better this week. Amen? Amen. All right. Be blessed. If you need to still need prayer, grab somebody or come up here. We're going to do that. And in just a few minutes, those, all of you can help deliver food across the way here at Langtree. So we'll give us a few minutes here to get ready for that.